0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Man in the Hat Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Norton, where I spend 10 to 15 minutes of your Saturday morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever you choose to listen, talking about sports news, a hat of the day, and recently added segment, Dope Stuff. You can always follow along on Apple Podcasts and Spotify under Man in the Hat Sports Podcast. Today's episode's not going to be so much about sports news, but I'm going to talk about a group of guys, if you're a sports fan, that you're going to absolutely love to hate, and that is officials. You got umpires, referees, and this group of people, this job is very difficult. They make judgment calls based on what they see on the field, based on the rule book, and human nature, and this is why this job is so difficult. I can never be one, but over time, people see that referees have been known to make terrible calls. And that like I said before is due to judgment calls and the rule book, so it's not so clear cut and dry they have to make those decisions for themselves. Obviously I would give a lot of credit for these for these guys. I could never do it, you know. So props to them when they make the right calls and nobody says anything, but as soon as you make a bad call, everybody's on your butt about it. And so I'm going to talk about some instances where these refs have been called out for their bad calls on and off the field. Some instances where referees bet on their own games, where they make makeup calls, and just straight-up blowing calls that re- lead to rule changes. And so stick along with me today, and you're going to hear about these stories across the professional leagues from the NHL, the NBA, and the MLB. Without further ado, let's jump into it. The year's 2007. Former referee Tim Donahue was charged pleading guilty gambling charges. Now it is seen that he, for four seasons, had bet on NBA games, and even some of those he had officiated himself. He even advised professional gamblers so they could financially gain as well. This is garbage. You can't be an official, bet on your own games, so you can gain from that. Obviously, sports betting now is heavily seen as a good thing. Now people make a lot of money. But even if you're a referee, you shouldn't have access to that. You shouldn't be able to do this. Obviously, this is kind of black market thing, under the table thing, and obviously he got caught. But this looks really bad for the NBA, seeing a referee make soft calls to financially help himself. And this is just blows the integrity of the NBA. Obviously, this in 2007, so that's a good 13, 14 years ago. So they don't have to deal with it now. But even hearing that that happened with a referee, That just looks really bad for the sport. Obviously, he's no longer an official, spent time in jail as he should have. So that's a clear-cut-and-dry example of an official being bad off the court and using financial gain to promote himself from within. And obviously, he got caught for doing so. Now, this next incident isn't so clear-cut-and-dry to me personally. I think this happened in the NHL, and I don't think the league handled this the best way they could have. So, it's March 24th of this year. Referee Tim Peel of the NHL was working a game between Detroit Red Wings and the Nashville Predators. And he was heard saying on the microphone, It wasn't much, but I wanted to get a penalty against Nashville early. Now, everybody knows referees make makeup calls just because they want to keep the games fair. They even sometimes have to babysit to make sure games don't get too out of hand. And everybody realizes it, but nobody gets caught saying it because clearly it's just not a good thing to say. And obviously he had a hot mic on, his microphone was on, and the broadcast heard it. So the NHL came out and said, Tim Peel's no longer going to be working games. There's nothing more important to us than the integrity of this sport. So obviously the NHL came out and fired him. But the interesting thing here is Tim Peel is no longer going to be a referee at the end of this year. He's going to retire. He's worked over 1,900 games worked a couple of playoff games, outdoor games as well. And I don't think this is the best move for the NHL because everybody knows refs make makeup calls because that's just part of human nature. And I agree with this. Like, I understand that this happens. You see soft calls happen all the time. But this is unfortunate because nobody hears about it live because nobody has their mic on to hear it. This is just an unfortunate situation where one of the referees had his mic on and was caught saying what he said. Like I said before, I don't necessarily agree with the NHL. They have other issues to worry about than just makeup calls because people admit it's something that happens in the world of referees. And now, this next instance, if you're a football fan or even know anything about football, the year's 2019. New Orleans Saints and the Los Angeles Rams are playing in the 2019. NFC Conference Championship game. It's late in the game. Drew Brees throwing a pass to receiver Tommy Lee Lewis. He got whacked for pass interference from defensive player Roby Coleman. Pass interference was not called. Saints were irate. Sean Payton was ballistic. Throwing paper down, yelling at the refs. They did not call this. It's a subjective call. You could not replay it. You could not review it. So they did not call this. The Saints ended up losing this game. The Rams would go on to lose the Super Bowl, 13-3 to the Patriots. But back to the game. Even the defending player said he whacked this man's butt so he knew he was trying to stop the touchdown and interfered with him. And the refs, even after the game, said they missed the call, which this does not help anybody because there's obviously no accountability there. You can say all you want. Oh, we blew this call. We missed it. But that doesn't make anybody feel better because you clearly missed the call. And to be more blunt with you, the next season they added a new rule where you can challenge pass interference based on this call. And now people would think this would be successful, but really this new rule was not that successful. Over the course of that 2019 season, pass interference was challenged 81 times during the season, and unfortunately, only 13 times were those challenges won, meaning 16% of those were successful. This looks really bad for the league. And I don't even think even adding a challenge was necessarily the best idea because pass interference is such a subjective call from the referees. Clearly, the NFC call, I think, was very blatant. The ref was standing right there, did not call it. Makes the sport look bad. But now you have that instance where, you know, even after one season of having the replay, they're cutting it out because it absolutely helps nobody. And so... That's the issue with some of the calls in NFL because they're so subjective based on the referee. So it's unfortunate that the call happened in the NFC Championship game. The Saints could have won the game, but it came down to that play and the referees botched that call and ended up having a new replay system after that. Before I jump too far into more instances, I'm going to jump into today's Hat of the Day. Hat of the Day is brought to you by Denver University Pioneers. As you guys all know, I'm a huge Denver fan. Grew up there till I was about 10 years old. I absolutely love Denver. And so this hat, I got at Dick Sporting Goods a while back. It's got a red primary with the DU lettering on it, which is gold. And so this hat's actually pretty comfortable and nice. And the thing I want to point out here, Denver University's got one of the best hockey programs in the nation. They've won a total of eight national championships and last won a championship in 2017, where they beat Minnesota Duluth in the championship game, three to two. So this hockey team is really good. It's obviously they're one of the better ones in the country. They're facing off with the top teams like Michigan, Notre Dame, teams like that, Minnesota as well. So it's good to see this team win a lot. Obviously they've got eight. You know, obviously it's been a couple years since they won one, but I'd say they're still one of the better teams. In the nation. And now. I'm going to jump into today's dope stuff. And now this is awesome. MLB is finally. Coming back with some good uniforms. They created a partnership with Nike in 2019. Now Nike's known to have some good uniforms. They have Color Rush with the NFL. Where they do crazy colors. And old logos on helmet stickers. And things like that. They have the NBA where they have city statement jerseys. Where you know they go back to their city heritage. And things like that. And now. Nike and MLB formed a partnership in 2019 after Majestic was a long partner, but they came out with a new concept this year, and it's known as the City Connect Uniform Series. Now, only seven teams are going to get jerseys this year because MLB wants to take some time to release these to all the teams in the next couple of years. The goal of this jersey is to celebrate the bond between each team and its city, and so it explores the personality, values, and customs that create each community and their values. And so the first team that came out with one was the Boston Red Sox. And now this is a great jersey. I'm not a very strong Boston fan, but I can respect this jersey. It's got blue, it's got yellow, blue Boston lettering. And really the interesting thing here is where they drew this inspiration from. They drew this inspiration from the Boston Marathon. And now the primary front of the jersey is from the finish line of the Boston Marathon. You got the yellow primary, which is the finish line of the race, and you got the blue lettering, which is also in there as well. It's actually really awesome. And on the shoulder, too, they have a bib that resembles a racer's bib, which is really cool. And it has the 617 in there, which is the area code of Fenway Park. Now, I'm really excited to see what other teams are going to do this. I believe one of the other teams was the Arizona Diamondbacks, and I'm excited to see what they're going to do because this year's the 20th anniversary of them winning the World Series in 2001 where they beat the Yankees when Luis Gonzalez hit a line drive up the middle of the field against reliever Mariano Rivera. But anywho, I'll jump back to that when they release theirs. So I'm really excited for MLB to come out with these new jerseys because... Historically, they haven't really had great jerseys, and now that they're finally coming back with some creativity with Nike, it's going to be awesome for people to buy. Obviously, they're going to be expensive jerseys. I don't necessarily know if I'm going to buy one, but I can really appreciate the work here and the ingenuity and creativity behind these jerseys. So if you're a Boston fan, I'd suggest you look at these jerseys. I'm going to post them on my page, and you're just going to be able to see how they are. I just think it's really well done. And now jumping back into the content, this one really irritates me. This is with MLB Baseball. They now have a replay system from the last couple of seasons where you can challenge plays, and they go to New York and look at the calls. This is actually just last week against the Philadelphia Phillies and the Atlanta Braves in the bottom of the ninth, where they were playing in Atlanta, went to extra innings. There was a pop fly hit to the outfield. They threw the ball to home plate, and they called the runner safe. And now from a couple angles, it looks like he's safe, but you look closer, and they show multiple angles here. He did not even touch the plate. Alex Boehm, which was the man who scored from third base, lifted up his foot past the base, so it looks like he slid past the base, but he did not even touch home plate. They even looked at this play for multiple minutes, and they still came back saying this man was safe. Brian Snitker, who was the manager of the Braves, came out, he got tossed. He obviously knows it's not the umpire's fault, it's the replay's fault. It's the people who look at that. It's their fault. You're telling me you have a replay system, it's supposed to be perfect. You have the technology to view all these calls and all these plays, and you still can't get it right? There's clearly a problem with the replay system. Even some professional players come out and say how whack this is. It's like, what's the point of a replay system? You can't get this right. And I agree with them. If you're going to call a play like this when you have exact direct evidence, of what you're going to call and you don't call it. That's on you. It's not so much on the referees obviously. Because they can only see so much and hear so much. But they got to be held responsible. They they cost the Braves the game. The Braves should have won that game. It was a very bad call. In my opinion. And something's got to change. There's my rant on that call. But they got to be better there. You got You got the technology to look at this. And you still get it wrong. That just boggles my mind. That's all the info I got for you guys today. Thanks for tuning in. If you're listening for the first time today, I'd like to welcome you to the show. I'm actually really excited. I actually got a new recording setup. I got a boom mic. I got a condenser microphone where I can record. And so now my voice sounds a little bit better. And I'm absolutely stoked. So just tune in. Every Saturday, every other Saturday, I will post a 10 to 15 minute video. You can always follow along on Apple Podcasts and Spotify under Man in the Hat Sports Podcast. Or you can always look at the link in my bio. And you can directly go to the link without using Spotify or podcasts to listen. Thank you for tuning in today. And I will see you guys in two weeks because next week I'm getting married to the love of my life, Sophia. So I will see you guys in two weeks. Thanks for tuning in.